Welcome to the Jesus Families Podcast. This week, we are finishing up our series on Fruit of the Spirit. We're going to talk about something that a lot of people in this world struggle with, temperance. But before that, we'll be back right after this break. Listen, you know, we have a new podcast out called That Pentecostal Podcast. Episodes are already available. So, Larry, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what's happening over at TPP? Yeah, we saw a need for a devotional podcast in the Pentecostal realm. We saw a need just for a short, uplifting moment that we can give to people. And so we decided that we're going to do it. We're going to make one. We're going to put it out there. It's going to include us. It's going to include our new members of the team. It's going to have Derek. It's going to have me. It's going to have Adrian. It's going to have some other people. We're going to have guests. And we're going to bring to you life applicable, faith building, Holy Ghost fire devotionals every single Monday. That Pentecostal podcast is available everywhere you get your podcast. So go set it to download, set it to notify you whatever you need to do. But don't miss that Pentecostal podcast every Monday. Welcome back to the Jesus Name News Podcast. This week, we are completing our series on the fruit of the Spirit. We've talked about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. And if you're missing that last week because you're like, wait, we just listened to faith. Meekness was a couple weeks ago with goodness. And now, finally, we have reached the last of the listed fruit of the Spirit, temperance. Now, temperance... If you've been listening, you know we're going to talk about some Greek real quick. Temperance in Greek is angkrataia and means self-control or the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions, especially his sensual appetites. One of the interesting things about this, though, is that when we look a little deeper, the root word of this word is very interesting. It is ace, which basically means in strength, as it is the combination of two root words, en meaning in or by or with, and kratos, which means for strength, power, might, dominion, and if any of you play PlayStation, you probably recognize that word as well. Um... Some examples of this Greek word, kratos, in scripture. 1 Peter 5.11. If you want to read that, Derek. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So the word there that comes from kratos is dominion. Hebrews 2.14, if you could read that. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Power is Kratos. And Acts 19.20. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Mightily. This is the thing. Okay? Look at these. Dominion. the po- Power. Mightily. This word is saying we're acting in our own strength. We have assurance and trust 
in our strength and not feeling we need to force things that aren't there. We're trusting in what we have. We're trusting in the things that we have, the things that we know. And yes, to be clear, our strength is really God's strength. I, I, I know. But self-control means that we are taking what we have and we're trusting in it and we're not forcing things. We're not acting out of order. We're not pushing too hard. We're not hiding, but we're also not doing too much. Okay? Because self-control is knowing what you can and cannot do when acting in that way. God called us to trust in that self-control. If we want to read 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Yeah, so in that self-control, we have the ability to use all the other gifts. Because here's the thing. Without self-control, we don't know where to show love, where to show yep. peace, where to experience joy where to show kindness and mercy and goodness, where to be faithful. Because here's the thing, kindness can be taken advantage of and it has no good then. Right. You know, being given to somebody who's abusing you isn't always good. It's not a good idea all the time. Right? Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a point where being joyful is manic and not actually good. Yeah, there's a thoughts of positivity, I guess. The, the point here with self-control is that all the gifts of the spirit, they overlap. Okay. Right. But self-control is knowing when to act and when not to. And so that makes it so important in connection with all the other ones. Because when you act, to know when to act is to know when to use all the other things that you can do. I mean, it's and discernment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is really discernment. And so a lack of self-control will cause problems in all areas of our life. And we're going to talk about some of those areas after a brief word. So we're going to take a break for a moment, but we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Jesus and News podcast as we talk about self-control, the final fruit of the spirit. All right. So what is the opposite of self-control you know love this one incontinence it's plain yeah i said incontinence and and yes yes we can get some pepto-bismol i i thought it was kind of weirder when i first read that like i, I was like wait incontinence but well, i'm just i'm just like over here going like full dalek mode it's plain it's plain yeah and and, and then i I began to think about it though, and I began to really meditate on it. And if you really think about it, and even the most gross or crass meaning of that word, it kind of applies because all that is is a lack of control, right? Yeah. But to make it clear, have you ever heard of someone having diarrhea of the mouth? Being, yeah, that's a like, I know we live 17 plus hours apart, but yeah, that's a pretty, pretty common phrase. Yeah. And so here's the thing. Person just says whatever comes to their mind. They have no thought about it. They have no control. They just think it and they say it, regardless of if it's appropriate, if it's if it's applicable what's happening around them, if it's something that has any business being said. Yeah, we all work with people like that. And sometimes we all experience that. 
a lack of self-control is much the same. Without yeah. self-control, we just act everywhere. And any good that we might have and that we might do, it just leaks all over the place yeah, and is wasted. Doesn't matter. Yeah. We make a mess of things that otherwise would be good and prosperous, but because we have no self-control, the good that we do is wasted and it comes to amount to less than it should be. We're constantly breaking down barriers, constantly being excessive, constantly being wasteful. We are really, in a lot of ways, having diarrhea of life. We're just wasting everything we have. Yeah, there's there's no... And I'm not trying to be crass. I'm just saying, like, the medical version of this would be like, your body is getting no nutrition from what's coming through you, basically. And yeah. whatever's well, coming out of you like, is not helpful, and it's not helpful to anyone else, and... Yeah, and well, and that's Definitely the thing doesn't... when when you're sick, right? Yeah. The problem with that isn't so much the having to run to the restroom and not make a mess. The problem is is that your body is pushing everything through it and out of it so fast that it's not absorbing enough nutrients to be healthy. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is very much the same thing. When we don't have self control, what we are doing is we are pushing all the good things and the bad things out so fast that it's not having the effect that it should. And and I'm going to be real. This is this is the probably the fruit of the spirit I need to work on the most because it, it's a struggle. And so uh, let's read Proverbs 25, 28. It says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Yeah. So last season we talked about Nehemiah. And how important it was for Jerusalem to have walls. It gave them protection from the people around them. It gave them security. Without those walls, no matter what they did, they were exposed. And eventually they would be overcome. A lack right. of self-control leaves us just like that. Yeah, We might have virtues. We might have goodness. We might have talents. We might have abilities. We might have all these things in our life that are awesome and good. But here's the thing, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all of that that we spend time developing, they're wasted or they're stolen away because we don't have the walls in place to protect those things that we've grown and to keep them safe and to use them properly. So we waste them in places where they're not needed, in places where they're not good, and we allow them to be destroyed because they don't have the protections that are needed. That's honestly the whole story of, I feel like, this entire generation. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, 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 it's the younger generations, whether you want to call the talk about the millennials, the, the let's not Gen even Z's, talk about the Gen Y, and all of that. Yeah, I mean, like, the... There was a point where the boomers were these people as well. Like they were in, coming into a post-war economy that was the only intact economy in the entire world that yeah. mattered. And they had an excess of everything. And, yeah. you know, it, the problem is like, it just hasn't stopped. Yeah. You know, for the last 70 years, we've had this excess but we've not figured out how to control it and maintain 
be can and i feel like the biggest one is be consistent yeah and consistency is so important and and that's why really self-control it's a foundation it's the foundation that everything else grows on it's the walls that protects it it's the security right. to stand and to land it lets us finish the race if you want to read first corinthians 9 20 27 do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. Every athlete exercises self-control in things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Here's the thing. Paul's saying here that he can do all these things, but if he doesn't have self-control, if he doesn't have self-discipline, he can have all these gifts, he can do all these great things, he can save all these people, he can do all this work for God, and it can he can still be disqualified. Yep. I mean, if Paul can be disqualified, how much more can the rest of us, yeah. right? I mean, like, if even Paul is saying, hey, I need to be careful because I want to finish this race because I have to. Right. If he hasn't earned the ability to just pull back and laze his way across the finish line, then nobody has. Right. And so yeah, we I mean... can't be contained to just run aimlessly. We can't waste our gifts. We can't waste the fruit that we have. We can't waste the things that we've done. We have to run the race to win it. And to do yep. that, we need self-control. To do that, we need that discipline. To do that, we need those daily things. You know, you're never going to be a star athlete if you don't work every day. You know, I mean, I know, you know, I like sports. I know back in the day, you know, you read about football players and they'd go home in the off seasons. And some of them would have day jobs and some of them would do all this stuff and they would show up to training camp and they'd be out of shape. And they would literally spend four weeks getting their bodies back to playing shape. That's not how yeah. it is anymore. Because no. everybody is so much better. Okay? And I'm not right. saying that clearly modern players would be better comparably. I'm just saying that the way things are, you can't do that stuff anymore. Because they spend every day, in-season, off-season, every day, doing the same stuff. They spent 10 years eating nothing but healthy meals made specifically for the thing that they eat in their body for the next few hours, whatever that might be. And right. they have that discipline and control over every aspect of their life to excel at what they're trying to do. Well, that, that's what separates the great ones from the, from the just good. Yeah. You know? I mean, imagine how good Allen Iverson would have been if he practiced. That's such a good speech, though. Once you turn, and again, this is a Ted Lasso reference, but the Ted Lasso version of that speech is so much better. But anyway, yeah, but it's uh, just, it's just, and, and I know he did practice. I get it, all of that. Don't, don't, don't at me with that. But well, here, here's the thing: we we've, we've got a generation right now that, first of all, to be an athlete, you have to be intensely focused and intensely ready to go at almost every moment. I feel like like it, whether whether it's for a sponsor event or whatever, right? You've got to yeah. be on go at all times. You're training your body, you're training your mind, you're training like that is what 
you're building your body for and how much more should we as Christians like there's a there's a guy who owns several tracks in NASCAR it's always said that he's he's on go like he's on point 100% of the time he's always ready to sell ready to defend ready to motivate ready whatever it is to to promote those tracks he's on go 100% of the time we as Christians you don't get a day off like you don't you don't just get a pass right like yeah. you there're going to be days where you want to where you wake up and you're like I don't I don't want to do this there're going to be days where you just really want to like cuss out your coworkers and there's going to be days where you just you don't want to be a good Christian hey, because my, that's the flesh my kids learning that she wants to be a good bible quizzer she wants to win and she's struggling because I keep telling her, you want to be really good. If you want to win, then you've got to quote all of these verses every day. You've got to work every day hard. And she's seven. And she's just like, it's a lot. And it is. But I mean, she's doing boy. such a good job with it. I'm so proud of her. She's This is her third year. She's going to learn 180 Bible verses. Yeah, I mean, anything so, uh, worth it's, doing is gonna is hard work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it's hard work and it's effort and it's daily. It's every and, single day. And you know, uh, just Paul here says these people are doing it. And no offense, but like, yes, there are eternal rewards for your daughter earning and and learning all those well, yeah, verses. Yeah. But the reality is, she wants to win, and it's yeah. an imp- it's a it's a perishable prize. She and, needs to get another one of those Bible trip quizzing trophies that are half the size she is. Yeah, and I mean, don't we all want a trophy? Yeah, uh, just not participate. I want the ones that say first place, but not yeah. not participation. Uh, so, but even better, which is what you. Yeah, think. I mean, but what I'm saying is, like Paul says here, these people are doing it to receive a perishable wreath. Like there's yeah. there's honor in it, right? He's saying there's honor in these things. Because they've trained their body, their mind, all that. But how much more honor is bestowed upon the eternal prize? Yes, we've lost sight of that in the West. Like, let's just be real. I, I did a, I did a devotional that said this. You know, we're, we're not willing to sprint when the distance is unknown. That just is how it is. We're not willing to go until we can't. And First Samuel, I think it was thirty. When they came up to the burned city of Ziklag, the men wept till they had no more power to weep for their wives and their children. Then David, he was he was in a spot where he was like, I really don't have another option, but I, he had to turn to God. He said, bring me the ephod. And he asked God, like, do you think David in that moment really wanted to like go pursue? Like, I'm sure he was angry. He was mad. But David probably wanted his moment to just like figure it out like by himself. But he chose to go to God, and he was like, look, should I pursue them, and can I overtake them? And God said, pursue. Without fail, you'll recover all. And, you know, we're we're not pursuing as much as we could. The Bible says that he has given to each man the measure of faith. How, how much of our measure are we actually using? We want to proclaim that we're Pentecostal, we're apostolic, or, you know, we believe in the works of the holy ghost and all that but the reality is we're not we're not even consistent or self-control like we don't control ourselves enough 
to be used effectively in those things. Like you want to be a great Christian, you've got to be willing to do things that others aren't willing to do. You got to be yeah. willing to read and pray when others aren't willing to read and pray. Yeah. And not that that gains you any more favor with God. It's it's that you're training your mind, your soul, and your spirit to always be on go for God, trying to sell God, trying to, uh, trying, and I say sell meaning being the witness, bearing witness of, of him. Yeah. And, and we're trying to show that to this world because we live in it and, and our job is to show them God's love, God's truth, God's joy, God's peace. But the world, their response is to pull us from our self-control. Their response is to take us away from the things that God has called us to do. And so we're going to take a brief break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the world is giving us to try to replace the self-control that God has given us in our life. Listen. You know, we have a new podcast out called That Pentecostal Podcast. Episodes are already available. So, Larry, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what's happening over at TPP? Yeah, we saw a need for a devotional podcast in the Pentecostal realm. We saw a need just for a short, uplifting moment that we can give to people. And so we decided that we're going to do it. We're going to make one. We're going to put it out there. It's going to include us. It's going to include our new members of the team. It's going to have Derek. It's going to have me. It's going to have Adrian. It's going to have some other people. We're going to have guests. And we're going to bring to you life applicable, faith building, Holy Ghost fire devotionals every single Monday. That Pentecostal podcast is available everywhere you get your podcast. So go set it to download, set it to notify you, whatever you need to do. But don't miss that Pentecostal podcast every Monday. Welcome back to the Jesus Name News Podcast. This week, we're finishing our talk about the fruit of the Spirit by talking about temperance, a.k.a. self-control. So, what is the world's replacement for self-control? What are we using to make it so that we don't need to realize that we don't have self-control? Well, there's three fruit of the Spirit that we're going to talk about that really show specific excesses of life. That is murder, drunkenness, and revelings. So murder is, and we talked about this a while, a couple episodes ago, at its core, anger and rage taken to its full extreme. Okay? I mean, let's be real. That's why Jesus said, you know, when you're angry in your heart, you commit murder because ultimately it's a matter of how angry are you? You know, if you're angry, eventually <laughs> the level of anger will end in that. And so it's the excessive extreme of that anger, hurt, and bitterness. Matthew 5, 21 and 22, if you want to read that. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother Rakah shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Yeah. So I, it's, it's interesting that I've, you know, we hear, if you look on a woman, the last effort, you know, you've already committed adultery in your heart. We hear, we hear that bit about if you say that fool, you're in danger of hellfire, right? Yeah. But I rarely hear the one about anger quoted. Maybe I'm. Well, it's because we want to try and act like our anger is that anger that's not sinful. It's a righteous anger. 
Yeah, it's it's always the righteous anger. So we can use that righteous anger. And it's like, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's not the way it works. Yeah. And so drunkenness and reveling then, right? They go hand in hand. Reveling is to enjoy oneself in a lively and noisy way, especially with drinking and dancing. Or to get great pleasure from a situation or experience. Did someone call the pastor from Footloose? (laughs) Right? This is the thing, though, is that it has to be more than that. Enjoying something is not sinful. Obviously, to enjoy life is not a sin. I mean, it was in Footloose, so... Well, yeah, but even then, like, even in Footloose, the one kind of activity was banned. But... They still played sports. They still drove cars they liked. They still played yeah, games. They it's, still... It's so hypocritical. I've always... They had so many other kinds of enjoyment or recreation that it's not enjoyment that was banned. And so that's what we're getting to here. It's not enjoying something. It's the excess enjoyment of and pleasure that we get in when we get trapped in the cycle of constant pleasure seeking and this is where it becomes the opposite of self-control and here's the thing yeah we live in a world full of addictions there's drugs alcohol gambling absolutely people also are addicted to sex caffeine sugar roller coasters television video games porn there's so many other things that people are addicted to there's so many things that people have trained their minds and the pleasure centers of their brains and the parts of their brains that understand the, those those signals that tell it to release dopamine and release other things, that they find themselves in these constant cycles where all they're doing is constantly seeking things that trigger those things in their minds. So you are acting as one, acting as a boxer beating at the air, then you yeah. are, you are acting as the runner that runs and doesn't understand like where they're going and what they're running for. Yeah, and here's the thing. I get it. I'm young. I grew up plugged in. I don't know how to unplug. But the reality is is that so many people our age are stuck in this cycle of constantly seeking those dopamine rushes that we get from being plugged in, from being connected, from those devices that are constantly in Always. our hands. Yeah. Okay. And the thing is, is that a lot of the things that we're struggling with, a lot of the things that we call ADHD or the things that we call those kinds of things, a lot of that is just a lack of self-control with so many of these things that flood us with stimulation. Right. And the thing is, is that leaves us broken and in bondage to that stimulation and struggling to find freedom. And that's not saying that being ADD is sinful. I'm, I'm not saying that. I get it. I know that there's reality to it. I know that there's clinical issues with it. But what I'm saying is that we can get ourselves addicted to literally any stimulus if we are not careful. And we have to be careful. Because you're training your mind for, you're training your body, your, you're literally training your body, your soul, and your spirit. Yeah, because this is the thing. I hate to tell you this, if you don't know this, I might ruin your day a little bit, but the vast majority of those games that you play on your cell phone, if you didn't pay a reasonable amount of money for a full game, it's literally nothing but an addiction machine. Yeah. 
Okay. It's not a game. It's a it's an addiction machine that is thinly veiled as a game to make you need to keep going back to it. Right. I mean that that's the whole obviously I'm a teacher, but that's the whole battle we fight all the time. Yeah. And I, I fought it I'll be real, I fought it less this year, but it's no less real because kids think they have to have their phone in their hand 24-7. And, yeah. you know, that I don't have a problem with phones. I don't... Do I, do I think that 12-year-olds need phones? No. I think that, you know, we have phones at school, call the school. This is the thing. Social media is the same way. Those apps on your phone, the websites that you go to social media on, they are created to suck you in and trap you mentally. Doom scroll. In doom scrolling. Like, they are literally, they are fine-tuned to cause you to doom scroll. That's yeah. their entire purpose. Okay? And so I'm going to read this next verse. I'm going to have Derek read this next verse. And, and we're going to talk about it for a second. But I want to be clear that one of these words, we think of them in a specific way, but I want to point out that it's, it applies to so many other ways. First uh, Peter 5 eight. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Sober-minded, it doesn't just mean don't drink. I grew up being told don't drink, don't do drugs. I agree with all of that. Don't drink, don't do drugs. For sure. But here's the thing. Sober-minded is not saying just that. It's saying to have a clear mind. That means don't be sleepy. Don't be so addicted to stimulus that you you are zoned into a TV show for eight hours a day. Don't be distracted by everything around you so that you can't pay attention to the things that are going on. You know what's so... Okay. So it's not ironic. Like, I, I'm pretty sure Peter, when he's writing this, did this purposefully, right? But it wasn't, you know a few years prior to that, that Peter was told, stay awake and watch just one hour. Yeah. It wasn't just a, but a few years before that, that Jesus, on the night of his arrest, begged them to pray, you know? Well, well yeah, that, and think about that night too. It's not just the begging them to pray, right? He had to beg them to pray and they failed to do that because they slept. Then he had to scold Peter for acting out of anger and trying to get them all slaughtered by going, hey, look, it's a whole regiment of soldiers and there's 12 of us and we have like two swords between us. I think I'm going to start a fight. Very Peter. Yeah, very Peter and very dumb and very clearly not sober-minded because the only thing they could have done that had no way out was what Peter did. Yeah, I mean, but that's the and, thing. And then Peter's at the fire... And he's denying Jesus out of fear and then swearing at people out of anger because of his fear. All of that is a lack of self-control. All of that is a lack of sober-mindedness. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, And I'm sure it wasn't done coincidentally. I'm sure he did it on purpose because I'm sure Peter replayed that night in his mind over and over and over. Yeah. And, and with good reason, I would too. It takes on another level, though. If you dig into maybe his backstory, what he's saying, look, I made the same mistake. I made a mistake where I could have ended up dead before the ministry ever started. You know, I yeah. made a mistake where, and, and 
because he says the adversary, your devil, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. It was in that moment that Peter, whether we like it or not, did allow the adversary an in. You know, that how many people do we know that have been devoured by the devil, whether it be through death or through backsliding or whatever, they get out. They never fulfill the ministry that God had for them. The thing is, is that that lack of self-control, it makes us vulnerable to be devoured, to be destroyed. Yeah. Here's the thing. Jesus is the key to freedom. If you're struggling, if you're bound, if you feel trapped in sin and shame and hurt, because the reality is, is that when you're stuck in these cycles, all you do is feel shame about it. And right. that shame makes you go right back to that thing that you're struggling with. And so you have to break that cycle. You have to understand that everyone struggles with things. Everyone has something that they're struggling to get away from. Okay, That's life. It's being human. And so there is a way out. Isaiah wrote of the Messiah, and Jesus quoted this passage about his own arrival in the Gospels. If you want to read Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. That the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath adorned me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, so proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Now, it should be noted that when Jesus quoted that, he left off the day of vengeance because it had not yet come. Oh, yeah. What is the good tiding? What's the binding, the broken, the liberty to captivity, the freedom to bondage? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the gospel. And so what is that? Well, the first thing you got to understand for the gospel, God loves you. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And because of that, we can know that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Our freedom has arrived in Jesus Christ. And because of that, we have to repent. And that's exactly what Jesus and the disciples went out and preached. We can see that in Mark chapter 6, verse 12. And they went out and preached that men should repent. What does that mean? Well, it means that we turn from our spit. It means that we turn towards God. It means that we modify the desires of our hearts. That does not mean that you immediately change entirely. Repentance is not a feeling. It's not going, my bad, Lord, and just acting like nothing ever changed. Repentance is the initial decision to, to, to grow self-discipline. Well, we say literally, live a repented lifestyle. Literally, temperance is the response to repentance. So you're because saying it should be the first fruit. In some ways, except for it's also one of the hardest ones. Because the thing is, is that you repent and God fills you with the spirit. And we're going to get to filling with the spirit in a second. And you feel peace and joy immediately. Yeah. But guess what you don't have immediately is self-control. Because self-control has to be disciplined. It has to be gone back to. It has to be worked at. And you have to give yourself grace. And so repentance, that repentance, it's that beginning of the process of self-discipline and self-control and the growing and the nurturing of the spirit. In Acts chapter 2, Peter is talking to the crowd and they understood that Jesus was the Messiah and that they killed him and that he rose from the dead and they wanted to know what to do. So if we read Acts 2:37 through 39. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? 
Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is done to you, unto your children, and to all who are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. God has called you, specifically you, whoever's listening to this. And I can publish this knowing that if every person on earth listens to this, God has called every single one of them. So it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are. God has called you to this. God has called you to repentance. God has called you to be baptized in his name, to be cleansed of what what has happened, what you've done, what has been done to you, and to be made pure through that sanctification and to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to know him truly because God loves you, because he wants you to draw near. He wants you to know him truly truly and he wants you to stand before him one day and him be able to say well done a good and faithful servant enter in because that is the entire purpose of this existence is for us to know him right so if you're feeling that prick in your heart you're feeling that draw in you don't resist it come to him repent of your sins make that decision today to seek him fully to grow that self-discipline and self-control and to Do his will with everything you have because he will guide you. He will fill you with his Holy Spirit. He will be in your heart and he will guide you for the rest of your life. With that spirit living on us, we can stand strong. We can have the self-control. We can grow the fruit of the spirit, all of them that we've been talking about for these last eight weeks. That's the purpose of all of this. That's the purpose of why we're talking about it because we want to encourage people to grow the fruit in their life, to know God better and to one day Hear well done. We thank you for being with us these last eight weeks, hearing about the fruit of the Spirit. We're so excited about what we have coming up. If you want to give that preview. Yeah, we'll start next week talking about men of integrity. I'm really excited about this one because it's going to detail some of Daniel's life. And uh, we're going to talk about Jeremiah at the beginning of it. And this is one of my favorite moments in all of history, you know, uh, we've talked about Nehemiah, we've talked about Ezra a little bit, but, you know, the the Babylonian exile, there's so much Jewish history that comes from within those 70 years. I don't think we realize how pivotal it is, not only for the Jews, but for Christianity and the world as a whole, literature as a whole, right? So we're excited about it. Uh, I'm I'm ready to get into Daniel. I think you guys are going yeah. to love it. You know, also check us out on that Pentecostal podcast, our devotional series, hosting every Monday. And always check us out here every Wednesday. And we'll see you guys next week.